So I can't think of anything special that happened between now and the last episode. Can you? I thought we could spend this episode focused on Windows phone development. How about we spend this episode focused on beacons? (laughs) (laughs) We We could do a whole episode about using beacons in Windows phone apps. Yeah, that's good. That sounds great. Oh, I just heard Ben. Did you hear Ben? No, I didn't. Welcome back, Ben. We missed you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Something did happen since, <laughs> since last time we met. Congratulations. Thanks. Technically, that yeah. happened before we yeah. last <laughs> met, but the last time we all were together, that was that has happened. Yeah. 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 Yep. No, as we record this, the, like, what was it, like, 18 hours ago now? See, I'm not actually going to make any sense, no matter what question you ask me, because whenever it was, I woke up at 2.30 in the morning, and it's now 8 o'clock at night. You're such an I haven't old man. slept. I need to go back to sleep. You're such an old man. This I is, know. I think, my first episode ever was I had done the same thing for Dub Dub Tickets. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So it's come full circle. Mm. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to nap while you guys talk. Well, as we record this a few hours ago, a few, a few being like I think it's like 18 or something. Anyway, uh, the Apple presentation, Apple event happened. The September event where they didn't announce anything special, really. Well, if you believe some of the media, that's true. Yeah, Actually, that's kind of nuts, isn't it? Mm. Like, I guess I've got to recognize that perhaps I'm a little bit in the Apple fanboy camp, but I like to think that I can be slightly objective at times. And the media seem to, yeah, there seems to be kind of a preconceived narrative that they want to report, which is, Apple's finally catching up to their competitors. Yeah. Well, to be honest, what does iPhone 6 have that is new? It doesn't really have anything. Like, they talked about Apple Pay, right? It's basically just Google Wallet. Just Google Wallet with near-field communication. Which Google has. Yep. Wow, you guys are a tough audience. Yeah. Oh, I think it's really cool. I'm still going to get one. Oh, it's still very cool. I mean, we're not going to get Apple Pay here in Australia until like 2025 or 2030 or something like that. I read a thing from Visa saying they're hoping early 2015. Yeah, which is next year. I think it'll be soon. soon. And actually, anyone who already supports contactless, like PayWave, it'll be the same machine. Well, it'll it'll be the same technology. But they won't have to roll out things to stores. Yeah. That's and cool. and I mean we have we have those here and they mm. have them in I think the UK and yeah. Europe, but they don't really have that sort of thing in America as far as I'm aware. Which is kind of weird that they decided to launch Apple Pay in the US first, given it's the country that has the least penetration of contactless payment already. Mm. Well, they didn't even they're still like swiping their cards, magnetic strips. They don't even have yeah. chip in like, like jumps. There's like no jumps. chip security. So maybe it's, it's rolling out in the US first because that is the market so that needs behind. it the most. Maybe. Well, Why? I, I don't think it's got anything to do with that. No, I, I mean, my, my, my knowledge of how Apple works is they're an American company yeah. and they service America first, yeah. which is perfectly acceptable given that they're an American-based company. Sure. Because um, Google do the same thing, even though they are worldwide kind of thing. Yeah. They will typically service America first where it – where it's necessary for them to limit the market. But um, I actually think, I don't know if Apple Pay is just like Google Wallet and an NFC thing. Maybe it is. But to me, the thing that I'm most excited about it is, I mean, the con- the the contactless 
payment, mobile payments, where you go to a physical merchant and use your phone to pay is one thing. But I kind of reckon the bigger part is the fact that they're basically now competing with the likes of PayPal as being a single way to pay for goods on the internet. And I think that's going to be huge. Yeah, but that's exactly that's what, what Google, Google Wallet is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Except that no one uses Google Wallet. No, they don't. Whereas, well, do we do we know that people are going to actually use Apple, Apple Pay? Pay? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm a sh- I'm uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 my prediction is yes. I think that that Apple Pay might do for physical goods what the App Store has done for digital goods. That there'll be so many people that go, "Hey, I could very easily do a iPhone app that lets you give me a small amount of money for something that I can send you in the post," and start accepting like where people wouldn't have previously thought about accepting payments over the internet at all. Yeah, they'll now start doing that. That'd be it's great. Easy. I totally love it to happen. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. It's kind of a good thing that they're um that they're trying to replace the wallet because I don't know that I'm going to have any space in my pocket for a wallet after having bought one of these phones because they are they are enormous. So I haven't actually seen yet. Can I? Can you pass me the five and a half inch uh, phone you've got over there? So we've used we've used um, some templates that we got from. Oh, I don't have one. Juicy Do bit. Want... Juicy bit. I think. Anyway, yeah. The show. Well, I'll throw a link in the show notes. Um, for a, basically a paper template that you can print out at 100% and cut to size and uh, get a feel for what it will, how, how big these phones are and whether or not you can, uh, you can handle. Wow. And I'm struggling to reach. Like there's no way if I hold it in my right hand, um, I can reach the top left corner of the screen with no, my thumb. No, you can't. Like, I don't think you can. And I'd, but really, I'm, even, honestly, I'm even struggling to reach the yeah, left hand edge. Side. <laughs> on, like, on the 4.7, it's not really that much better. There is no way that without without severely shuffling the phone around, you're yeah, going to be able but to I reach thought, any sort of... I'd kind of taken that as a given, but I thought I was going to be able to use the interactive pop gesture. But you can use there is but, the, they have their they have that thing that they're calling reachability, which is weird because I'm so used to thinking of reachability as the, the as a library that allows you to check to see whether or not you've yep. got internet connection. The worst bit of sample code in the world. It's not it's a library; like, it's a sample code. And it's like iOS three or something. <laughs> yeah, but it's it included build. in it's include like there's a there's versions included in like AF networking and stuff. There is yeah. people that have used Apple sample code to. Anyway, As sorry. As a basis. Don't get anyway, me started. Anyway. But yes, reachability. Anyway, reachability, that to me is that, right? It's that class. But in the now they've got this thing called reachability where if you double press the home, home button, button, and I say press, and I don't think it's actually, like it's not like the double click or the double whatever that you get to get up. Um, multitasking. Multitasking. I think it's like just a, a press without actually clicking the button. If oh, you do right. that double, if you double that, you'll get it'll shift everything down so that you can see, so you can reach the corners. Yeah. So I saw I saw that, and I think that that's probably a good fallback. It's a good fallback, but I don't think it's. But I don't at think all. I would I would have hoped that normal day to day operation of well written apps wouldn't require it. Right. And holding this five and a half inch template in my hand, I just feel like it it is a stretch, yeah, even to get over to that left hand side for the quite, quite interactive pop. Really. 
pop gesture. But the, 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 I think at the end of the day, like neither of these phones is really suitable for one handed use, which was always like kind of the, the thing, right? Why would Apple make a phone that's too big for you to use one handed? Well, I mean, the market kind of demanded it. So here, here we are. The market's and, dumb. I don't want a bigger phone. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, well. I kind of, so I think I'm, I'm going to get the five and a half inch. You're crazy. Um, I'm holding it and. F- really not sure how I'm going to live with it. But as a developer, I think that um, I want to experience the biggest difference from the status quo. So from now, when when these phones start shipping in, what, is it two weeks, 10 days? Yeah. Yeah. The end um, of next week. So when this episode is released, it'll be the end of the week. Right. So from that day on, some of the people using apps that I work on will be using them on a really large device. Right. And I've got no experience with that. Like, I don't know what it feels like to use apps on a device that size. I can kind of guess what it's going to feel like to use apps on a device a little bit bigger than the one that I have used for years. But I feel like, you know, I'm going to learn the most by getting something that's as different as possible from what I've currently got. So this is I'm, probably I'm going to do it, even though... This is, yeah, this is probably a... Uh, and it's something that Android users have some experience with because they all have got like a range of sizes of phones mm. and a lot of the phones that are out there are really big. So my thinking is that Android developers might have more like experience with designing for these large scale devices, yeah. but for people, for a lot of Apple developers, like it's just not a, it's just not something that we've ever really done. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be a bit of a change. I don't know that I've ever handled, like, I've never really used a, a big device like that other than, like, an iPad, which is a whole different thing. Yeah. I've got a Nexus 4, which is not that much smaller. The screen isn't as big, but the f- device itself, I think the um, the screen doesn't extend quite as close to the edge of the device. So I think holding that one's it, tall um, compared to phones that I've seen. Yeah. Mm. But... I don't. I've never used that Nexus as my sort of daily phone. I've only ever used it for mm. like a little bit of testing whilst I'm developing an app, mm. not sort of carrying it around and using it in daily use and seeing when do I tend to use it in one hand, when do I go for two hands, when do I use it in portrait, when do I hold it in landscape, what's it going to feel like? And the whole thing with this one, uh, the bigger of the two, there's going to be. So this is where the size classes come in, doesn't it? In the new, the big one held in landscape is a different size class than the small one held in landscape. Okay. Really? Yeah, and that's where they showed in the videos. If you hold the big one in landscape, you get your mail side by side. So you get you get the column. You get the like column getting, view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you that. get on iPad. Um, so screen whereas screen if that. you hold the smaller of the two side sideways, it's like the iPhone always has been. So does that mean it's the same size class as an iPad? No, I don't think so it is. Because an, an iPhone I think an, uh, sorry. I think the iPad is um iPad is regular, regular. Regular, regular. Whereas this is uh, compact. Compact, regular. Regular. But when you hold it in landscape, yeah. it's yeah, regular. regular. It would switch around, I, yes. would, I would think, because the, the small, the actual, like the iPhone, the current iPhone is compact, compact, is compact, is compact regardless of. Yeah, yeah but so when you're in landscape, it. you're going to end up with iPad. Like I say, you On use that new split big controller one. thing. Yes. Yeah. It yes. will show iPad style. Yep. Yep. Which and is, I, I saw another one. The home screen rotates now. Yeah, yeah, on the big one. Yeah, I don't know that the little one does it. So that's why I'm kind of like wanting to experience the the mm. more different, the biggest difference. And I'm fully expecting it's gonna 
frustrate me a great deal. And it may be that I decide to revert to a smaller one at the earliest opportunity. Just two. See, I think as far as I'm concerned, right, the 4.7 isn't bigger, is too big to use one handed like most of the time without substantial changes to the applications that I use every day. Because there is a lot of reaching that's going to just happen. So which apps are you talking about? Because I've kind of been trying to pay attention like recently to which apps well, I app, can use one-handed app, without. Any app where you're going to need to reach into that into that upper space really, which can which is but, like, I mean, for instance, GIF wrapped, I'm going to need to, like, I can't scroll. Like it's a grid view. So there's eventually, there is inevitably going to be a time when there's, Stuff up in the top corner. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. It's interesting. I think we're going to start to see a big difference between apps that use the that interactive pop gesture and those that don't. Like I've already started to get frustrated like prior to these big phones coming out. I have found myself wanting to use that gesture more and more just because it feels like a nice way of going back up the navigation hierarchy. And the apps that don't use that gesture kind of frustrate me. Mm. And I think that's going to be more and more the case. It'll be like if if your app doesn't support that and you're requiring people to tap the back button. Yeah. Um, yeah, because that's going to be the hardest thing to And this reach. actually informs something that I'm doing with GIF Wrapped um, because I'm going to change the way that I'm doing previews of GIFs, which, um, which at the moment it's like a navigation controller. So you go in, you go back, you go in, you go back. Um, but I'm going to have it more like Tweetbot style? The Tweetbot style thing where it kind of pops up a thing. Yeah, and then cool. you can flick anywhere to dismiss. Yeah, but I'm thinking I'm thinking more along the lines of you can flick kind of up or down to dismiss, Yeah, but then sideways will actually bring in the next GIF in the Facebook sequ- does that? I, I'm Someone not really sure that. exactly how I'm doing it, but I'm, I'm working on that the, right now. The new Facebook app, um, sorry, Paper. Facebook's Paper does that, oh. where the cards... A flick up and down kind of um, summons and dismisses the next layer in the information hierarchy, and a flick left and right goes through items in the same layer you're in. That well, that's sense? that's essentially what I'm going to do. Yeah. Facebook are um, AB testing the photos thing at the moment. I've noticed mine's different to Emma's. Yeah, all right. While we're still talking about this, I think previously we wondered whether there would ever be a gesture for dismissing a modal view. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is we- becoming more relevant. Like, you know, how do you one-handedly do, if you know, with a navigation controller you can do that interactive pop, how do you one-handedly dismiss a modal? You probably have to well, the only thing that reach I can to the think top of and hit the done button. You'd have to double-press the home button yeah, to just- bring the screen down. But you can turn your phone... <laughs> And tip it away. <laughs> <laughs> that could that could work. Hire me, Apple. I'm full of ideas. <laughs> you could throw your phone on the ground, and the modal dis- <laughs> and the modal view will be gone forever. That's but I right. wonder. So it's it's just going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Will people stop using modal views as much because it's harder to reach the done button, or will people come up with ways of like a gesture to dismiss it? You know, we've already. I guess of what you're talking about of having something that's modally presented but not in the standard you know, mm. modal transition to a view controller. Because well, I have regular modal, right? The se- mm. my, setting, my settings screen is a regular, like, up it comes modal. Yeah. Um, that has a done button. It is on the right-hand side of the screen. Top. Yes, the top right. Why not stick it at the bottom? 
I mean, that's kind of nuts, right, to be putting things in completely non-standard places. Yeah, but I wonder if we're going to start that, seeing Like, where that is it going to go? Because there's not, there's not a bar at the bottom for it to go in, and we're going to have to add a bar just so I can add a dumb button? Like, Yeah, it seems kind of... That doesn't seem very... It doesn't. Uh, so it, it, I think it's just going to be interesting to see how people address this, whether people try and stick with Apple's conventions or whether people try and innovate and come up with ways to... Well, in, this, in that particular instance, I think I'm going to stick to what I've already got. Yeah. If only because uh, you go. If you're going into settings, you're probably not like just walking along the street right, and just yeah, kind yeah. of trying to yeah. find a gift that you want to you want to share. Yeah. Uh, you're trying to actually do something, and so you're probably going at it with two hands. And if you're not going at it with two hands, then I don't you, really you, know why you you're will in be settings. when you want to get things that way. <laughs> yeah, when you want to get back, sense. you're gonna. So yeah, I I think in that particular instance, it's going to be fine. I I think it's just one of these things where you have to make the right decision based on what your app is doing and what you think your users are going to be doing. Um, but I mean, other than that, I'm finding that for me anyway, like transforming my app in order to making it in order to make it uh, acceptable for these larger devices and especially the 5.5 what with its three three times resolution and etc etc the retina hd they've both got retina hd but this one is at 2x and that one is at 3x yeah can someone explain the resolution thing okay so 1920 by 1080 but it's not no it's scaled down weird so it's not actually it's not actually like the pixel. It's like it's like the Retina Display Max, right? Mm-hmm. So on a Retina Display Max, you know how you have the option of five different mm-hmm. sizes, and so you can have and it basically says less space, more space, right? When you go up from that, when you go up as far as resolution is concerned, to more space, what you're actually doing is rendering it at a higher resolution and then scaling it down to fit your screen. Okay. So uh, let's imagine it. That you've got your you've got three pixels by three pixels, but then you're smushing it down to two pixels by two pixels. How does that not create blurry things? Well, that's the, that's because the, the trick. pixels are so small, so, small so close together. You don't oh. notice it, okay? Or do you? I guess we don't know. The thing is, I, probably if you're fussy about that sort of stuff, I use my MacBook. Are we all thinking of the same person when you say fussy about that sort of stuff? I'm thinking Mark Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> Well, a lot of designers. He, he likes right? his sharp lines. Designers are going to be definitely like are definitely going to be like going to be fussy about this. But the thing is, is that if you are the sort of person who like is dealing with pixels on a like on a kind of a subatomic level, like when you're yeah. zooming into pixels to do stuff, you're usually going to want to be able to see everything nice and clear. And so, as a as a developer, I kind of feel like what the direction we're being pushed in is to say, don't worry exactly about precise pixel alignments. That's exactly the Start thing thinking think about your UI and logical. Like, so I, I'm working on an app at the moment where I'm making heavy use of auto layout and um, I haven't had a chance to look at it on the specific sizes that have, were, were announced today, but um, I've been using the resizable iPhone in the simulator over the last yep. week or so. Um, and I'm really loving how auto layout actually makes it so easy to have a user interface that adapts to the different sizes and seems to work nicely. And I'm doing things like, you know, dividing a part of the screen in, into thirds yep. and saying this, these three elements should each have a width equal to a third of their parent. 
Um, and sometimes that means that their width is not a precise number of points. It's mm. like, mm-hmm. you know, half or something. And I kind of feel like perhaps that doesn't matter. Like perhaps the resolution of these devices is high enough now that, you know, if you're not got precise pixel alignment, it'll still look okay. But maybe I'm yet to find out that, it, in fact, I'm doing something terribly wrong and I'm going to need to do. So the thing that I'm doing, right, and one of the issue, one of the problems, air quotes, problems, um, that I, ha- I, I have with the uh, conversion of GIF wrapped from being for iPhone four inch screen to being for iPhone five and a half inch screen um, is the grid view, right? Because the grid view has a number of cells that need to be sized to kind of space out and fit the yep. area yep. Um, with a little bit of a space in between. So it's not a, not a specific divide. I don't use auto layout or at least I'm not using it at this point in time. Um, because I just, I'm not. I I, I'm actually falling to... more and more in love with it. I've been using it really heavily just this past week and I'm amazed at the stuff you can do with it that that I, th- like, I didn't realise. And and it's kind of funny. The UI is a bit, um, like, there are th- things like setting up those constraints to say I want um, three elements to each take a third of of their of the parent view. You actually highlight the element and you highlight the parent view and then you click the add constraint button and the thing you choose is equal widths, which mm. just feel, feels weird because I, I never previously knew how to actually set that constraint through the visual editor. Like I thought you, I know you knew you could do it in code. You can easily do it in the visual editor. You just go equal widths and it does put in a constraint to say that they should be equal and then you can go in and adjust I don't know if it's the constant or the multiplier. I think the multiplier and change it from 1.0 to like 0.333. And then it changes it from being an equal width constraint to a proportional width constraint. And then, Ooh. so you can just kind of build up from there. You say, okay, these each of these three each have a proportional width constraint with their parent view. The parent view has a proportional width constraint with its parent so view. You, can you do equal, equal widths that aren't equal? Like, can I go 0.2, 0.2, 0.2? Six? Yeah, because you'd have three proportional constraints from one between each view and its parent, if that makes sense. Cool. So that works. Even yeah. though it's called equal widths, they don't have to be Yeah, the, the the thing that you tick just is initial. It's like initially equal width, and then when you go in and change the multiplier from one to something that's not one, okay. it be- gets renamed proportional width. Oh. But it basically the, the button, sh- like the semantics of it is set up a constraint that relates the widths of these two things. Cool. In some way, and then you can go and specify how they should be related. And it, yeah, it means that you can actually quite easily have quite a complex layout that adjusts to different sizes. Do you want to know how I solved mine? Yes, I, I do. Did, I didn't do it with auto layout. I did it this afternoon. I did it in like 10 minutes. They, maybe wow. 15 minutes. Okay, because this took much longer than that. Yeah, so <laughs> let, me, let me lay down how, I, how it was originally laid out, right? Originally, I had three or four lines of code that basically said, uh, is this an iPad? If it is an iPad, is it in landscape? If it is in landscape, then this is the size of the cell. And if it isn't in landscape, then this is the size of the cell. If it's not an iPad, then this is the size of the cell based on if it's a retina display, and this is the size of the cell based on if it's not a retina display. Yeah. So essentially that's four hard-coded sizes, nothing to do with the 
actual size of the screen other than I'd already done all yeah, the maths. But, right? Like device idiom or whatever it is to Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um so obviously that's no good for me. Like obviously that's no good. And I can't just basically go, okay, well I'll add another couple of sizes to, you know, adjust yeah. the thing because like that's not very future proof. So I sat down and I actually thought about this. So what I do is I have um I first of all figure out the actual size of the screen the the view based on the width of the rect like the width of the frame and then times t- uh, multiplying that by the uh the device um scale yep so in this case 3 yep right um then i get then i figure out how many cells i want kind of as a maximum um so for the ipad it's 10 for the for everything else it's 5 um which isn't perfect, but I kind of had to do something because otherwise mm. I ended up with like rows of all these tiny little cells that were perfect, perfectly pixeled, <laughs> but just way too small for it to be useful. So then I go through a loop basically determining and kind of add, starting at two and kind of working out from there, adding to the spacing between the cells. So starting at two pixels, mm. not points, two pixels and working out until I hit four. And when I go through, as I'm going through that, I'm figuring out what the best size of the cell would be with that spacing between them. And it works perfectly. Um, but how do you decide? So basically it decides if it, if it, fig- it figures out if it kind of, if it all divides down to being like even and having even width, having uh, even widths and hitting the edge of, edge of pixels as opposed to kind of merging into them. Yeah, then right. that's then that's good, and it'll stop there. Okay, cool. I can I'll post I'll post the code in like a gist or something because it's it's I mean it's just a it's a loop that basically runs when I when I ask it to. Yeah, cool. And um, so when are you running it? Because I read a whole pile of stuff now that um, at the moment the f- it runs during view will appear. Yeah, because um the frame thing is even later in the cycle now. Or oh, something. right. Well, it works. It works oh, yeah, perfectly. Yeah. So I think. Even if you did load, I'm gonna to have to reread this. But yeah, you know how like if you call frame too early, it's it's yeah. nonsensical. Yeah, yeah. So that's apparently been shifted even later. Right. Okay. Well, I'm doing it in view will appear right now, um, and I think the idea will be that, which I this I haven't done. Once I set it, I kind of won't worry about it anymore, unless I've rotated the device for iPad because that does. Yeah. So if the size changes, I guess. Um, but at the moment rotate um then but yeah it works perfectly like i what i end up with is and this was the kind of the point is exactly what i get what you get with um with iphoto yeah or rather just photos on on the uh, on the phone so you get four across with nice little spacing yeah, between yeah. them. yeah it's a nice it's a nice layout so that's how you're calculating the cell sizes in your collection view yep. what about other ui elements in the app like um, i don't need to do any so other they things are bar bar button items which just go to the edges of the bar bars. They just they just kind of size anyway. themselves. Yep. Um the the only other thing that needed to like that obviously does size, some amount of sizing is uh is the preview uh view which kind of shrinks to fit within the view mm-hmm. if uh, as necessary. Um but that I mean that worked perfectly fine because it's not based on any sort of okay well this is the width it just figures out what size is going to fit best and then resizes to, view, yeah. to zoom into that. And what about um bitmap 
resources. You're just adding 3x versions. But yeah, the bitmap resources, I'm just going to add 3x versions. And there's not really a lot of those. There's icons, including the spinning uh, gear icon. Um, which is actually a series of series of them and the logos and stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't have this. Actually, this annoys me because I don't use at this point in time. I don't use a a launch screen, but in order to uh, in order to make your app kind of announce that it's compatible with five point five. Yeah. Uh, in phones, um, you have to either add the correct size images yeah. to the to your assets library yep um like you had to do with the, the five, five, five. five yep the, yep. yeah which is so stupid it's an uh, interesting like it's it's using a the presence of a specific resource type to mean something yep whereas they, they so could actually backwards. be a setting a tick box to, you know a it, setting yeah, yeah it could be a setting. like every other yeah. setting we have for apps it's yeah. just dumb. it's not like you can all like you can all of a sudden you know it by checking that box it would just magically happen for everybody you still mm. have to like either way whatever you do you're still going to have to submit an app so why yeah. not just have a, a thing to an say explicit okay, opt-in to sort of say um, yeah yeah i'm using i'm using size you know size uh compatible stuff but yeah, like it, you can you can also use these days. I think you can use the storyboards or the zips. Right, I had no idea about that, yeah, too, but apparently you can. Yeah, yeah. and that's just seems with weird. iOS eight. Yeah. Um. Apparently, though, that uh, I know that Caleb, former host and friend of the show, was trying to do that this afternoon and ran into some problems. Okay, I haven't actually tried to do it. I just saw someone talking about it, and I did remember there being limitations. Like yes. it doesn't work in. Different orientations. It only works in. Portrait, I think they or? might be pre-rendered or something. Because um, I'm not. No certain. code run. No code is run. Yeah, yeah. It might just render like when you get the app, it renders the correct sizes, and then that's it. I don't know. Maybe it does it at build. No, that doesn't make sense. It wouldn't make. It wouldn't do it at build. That mm. surely it would do it after it is downloaded to the device. Either way, uh, it doesn't like. It doesn't seem like it works perfectly. Yeah. Um. I think I the think only thing launch that I images, can, I'm going to do is I don't know what to do with them anymore. Anyway, like for so the longest time, I used them the way Apple told me to, which yeah. was like the typical example is the calculator app, right? Yeah. Where the launch image matches the your app's initial UI as closely as possible, but looks disabled. But then that doesn't work with orientation. It also doesn't changes. work if you've got lots of different, uh, lots of different. Version like right states that your application could be in. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's not ideal, and no. I, I don't know. So that, and a lot of people use it to like have like a a bit of branding that right. shows as mm. the app is starting. Yeah. Uh, Which originally I, you weren't meant to do. But no, it's just but, never policed. Yeah, and so many people do it now. Yeah. It kind of. Well, I mean, some people even like go to full on lengths. Like I, I saw a blog post which I'm not going to link because. I thought it was a terrible idea. Like they were talking about how to like how to best make it all work so that you can get like the best kind of transition between the things. And I was just like, no, this is this is no good. Mm. Um like changing up your changing up your like your your layout and stuff so that it works. Oh, it was terrible. The the the, the uh the Twitter app. Have you seen what the Twitter, like the Twitter actual Twitter app yeah, does? Yeah, the bird no. animates out. So the bird, like you get the bird logo. It's the bird logo on a blue background. It's the bird logo is white. Uh, and then when the interface is ready, I guess, the bird kind of zooms out 
like at you. So it kind of goes gradually gets bigger and kind of reveals the uh, the interface inside the bird. So oh, cool. the bird cuts. That's kind the of a interface. nice effect. Yeah, it is a really it's nice obviously effect. memorable. You, it you, is. It, it is a nice effect. Struck you. You're able yeah. to. If you're gonna, it. if you're gonna go to the to the you know to the it's actually pretty cool. state of like you know like making your app do something fancier than just like fading into the app, then that's what you should be doing. But uh, so, do you only get that on first launch, or do you get it when you switch back to it? No, uh, only on, on launch, a on proper launch. launch. What if you um reorient? So you suspend the app in one orientation, reorient your device, and then resume the app in the reoriented direction which probably is not going to work on iphone because the app probably doesn't rotate it doesn't rotate <laughs> okay that's but on iPad, most, so that's the challenge because most it, iphone apps don't really rotate. rotate so you can get away with having whatever yeah, who you uses want their phone because in landscape you, but there is a lot of there's a lot of them now like a lot of sizes that you can use i'm trying to i've, I've got my project open here images assets so there are 20 different size launch images that you can provide. Oh Is that gosh. for like, to go back to five, six? Various, uh, yes. So are some of them with or without status bars because they give you the option? Or Yes. Right. You have iPad portrait without status bar, iPad, iPad landscape without status bar, and then with status bar for the, both of those, you have iPad portrait, iPad landscape in seven and eight, iPhone portrait in five and six, iPhone portrait in seven. And, it's just... This sounds like a losing battle. Yeah. So I like I like this idea of using the storyboard. It's really the the only that's the only thing that you can do to keep your sanity is to use this storyboard. Um, whether or not that I don't know if Caleb actually managed to get his app. Uh, I think he said he did published, but yeah, I, I know he had some trouble. Oh, with that's it. right, he couldn't put it on the app store. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Because it was saying that he needed to have the launch images in place, so it seems oh, like you still have to have the checker. actual. Like it was yeah. actually checking, but it was pulling them the... up for iPhone five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, my app only supports iPhone uh, iPhone six plus with its five point five inch screen. It doesn't support any other, like it doesn't support the iPhone five with its four four inch screen. That seems. It's the sort of thing that nobody would have picked up like while the Xcode was in beta because Xcode was like you couldn't publish anything. Yeah, you exactly. Couldn't submit. Mm. Yeah. You know what? I haven't introduced the show and I really should. Hi. Oh, have we started? Yeah, we've started. <laughs> Hi. Hi. You were listening to Mobile Couch and this is a show where we talk about mobile development uh, and that is development for, for mobiles, not developing whilst mobile. This is a show that's hosted by Jake McMullen. Good evening. And Ben Trengrove. Hello. And myself, Jelly, a.k.a. Daniel Farrelly. This is episode number 40. Wow. Cool. 40. They say that life begins at 40. <laughs> I'm not sure that that's true. But maybe, maybe, that, maybe that is in the case of the show. I don't know. Who, who knows? Will the show take on a life of its own? Tune in next week to find out what shall we what shall we talk about now that we've kind of right. So we've just kind of talked all around the new iPhones. Um, I'm happy to leave it there for now because to me they were the least interesting part of the keynote. Firstly, I couldn't watch that part of the keynote because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the key. Oh man, the keynote that I so so you and I both woke up for that for the keynote. I which, did. 
for for those who are not privy to how it is in Australia, I, I, I set a, my alarm for two forty five a.m. As did I. And I don't know about you, but whenever I've got my alarm for set for a stupid time like that, I just don't sleep properly because yeah. every ten minutes I, I wake up thinking, I "Is it fine? Fine. It's almost two forty five. I slept fine, but when I went back to bed at five a.m. and tried to sleep for another couple of hours, oh, there's no going back I, to that bed. was that was kind of it's that impossible. was rough. So this actually it was funny. I, I was. I'd gotten up at 2.45 and I was getting myself settled on the couch about to put the stream on my Apple TV. Um, and I was remembering when I first started watching Apple live streams of Apple events and how different the experience was. Um, I back was in your back, day. Back in my days <laughs> where we used to play Brandy with half a brick and sleep in potato sacks. What does that even and mean? That was- <laughs> You've got to strap onion to your boots. Keep the wolves away. Uh, no, but seriously, <laughs> we ignore all of those references. Um, seriously, I uh, I have fond memories of uh, when I was at uni, uh, watching Apple special events um, with a friend parked outside our workplace because they had good Wi-Fi and there was nowhere else in the world where you could <laughs> – it wasn't even Wi-Fi. It was like awesome. high-speed internet because at home was dial-up modem. Wow. So wow. the alternative that was like – pretty good. It's like, wow. how can you watch video on a dial-up? So you've got to go to somewhere. So it's like 2 o'clock in the morning, parked in a you know, street next to, next to a building. Must have looked a bit weird. Laptops open, watching a postage stamp size quick quick time stream. So how did you get the internet? Did you have like a cable out the door? <laughs> Hang on. This is in my house or at home? No, this is when you so go was to wifi. the car park. Oh, so there was Wi-Fi. Yeah. They had Wi-Fi before broadband? They had Wi-Fi back when Jake was younger? I had younger. no idea. Apple's first airport base station had a built-in 56K modem. Cool fact. Didn't know that. Cool there fact. You, you pronounce modem as in modem? Is that how you pronounce it, Ben? I don't even know. I haven't said that word. Man, I'm feeling time. old. I, just, I say what? modem. I don't. Modem? I don't really like modem. pronounce. Yeah, I would say modem. Modem. Modulate. Demodulate. Yes, it's the modulator. Demodulator. That's what it stands for. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. What do I say? You modem. say modem, like you, as in as in modem <laughs> down. Demodulate. Demodulate. Or something. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> I, I was thinking to myself, times have changed. These keynotes, we're so spoiled. It's high definition. It's on my it television. So old. I can yeah. do it in the comfort of my own home, having to not having to drive halfway across the city to somewhere that has internet. And then you sat down and, and watched. And it was just like the olden days. <laughs> it was. <laughs> So, so the keynote was you. You were skipping backwards and forwards in time. It was so confusing to try and keep track of any of the iPhone stuff because what you would what you would end up with is you'd get like like five minutes into the stream, you're like, yes, this is going really well, and then it would stop. You'd get the the uh, the truck schedule, the TV truck is that, schedule. I saw that image yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, and then you'd get, and then you'd be like, oh, and you'd so and- the sh- stream would shut down. So you'd like refresh the page or reload, try to reload the stream or whatever. Yeah, I was trying to watch it in here because I gave up trying to do it on the Apple TV. I'd refresh the page and I'd get back on the stream and I'd start again. And then I'd be like, no, I can't start again. So I'd refresh and then all of a sudden I've jumped into the future. Like, it's, yeah, it, it was, was all over the place. So I basically didn't even see any of the yeah. iPhone stuff. Yeah. But I don't care because the stuff that's exciting is the watch. Like the, the iPhones, I'm like, this is obviously develop apps for phones. We're going to have to deal with different screen sizes. There's new technology. It's going to be cool. But it's kind of... um. We all knew it was coming. It's all the same. Well, didn't we all the, knew that the iWatch was the the Apple Watch was coming? Well, it might uh, not have ended up being a watch. That's I guess. true. Yeah. Well, that's, here's the thing, right? Because I remember Jake specifically 
telling me that he thought it might not have a screen. I was just, uh, you know, re-spouting what you, I heard on the internet. You were predictioning. That's what I'm going to call it, predictioning. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, as I said last night, the predictions don't have to be accurate. No. Nobody so said that they it's had got to a screen. The screen was, it does have a no, screen. No, the prediction was he didn't think it would come out in a, this year, and if it did, it wouldn't have a screen. So, so he was, he's right. He was... <laughs> Almost, because it's not coming out this year. Right, yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to have to look, look that back. I'm happy to be up. wrong, because the screen looks awesome. I like the screen. I want one. I like one. the UI. I, I yeah, really like the, the UI good, of it. Eh? It's, it's kind of fun. Mm. And um, I, I'm, I'm not 100% sold on the little crown, the digital crown. So, uh, yeah, it, when, yeah, when it's, it's, I think switched it's to the, the actual live demo, um, they didn't tend to use it much at all. Uh, yeah, is that the little spinny wheel? That's the yeah. little spinny wheel. It's called a. It's called a crown. Okay, that's what Tim Cook told us. Yeah, and, and they Johnny call this Ives. one a digital crown. A digital crown. Okay, mm. I missed all of this. Mm. I just watched the promo video, which was very I, good. I thought as they always. would have mentioned the digital crown in the promo. They video. did, but I forgot the name. Okay, I, I don't. And like some of the some of the interface is kind of weird. Like I'm not sure about photos. I'm probably going to end up putting a gift wrapped app of some description on this thing. So I'm not. Yeah. I, I want one just because I want one, not because I know how I'm going to use it. But I remember feeling that about the iPhone, the original yeah. iPhone, and the iPad. Mm. And so thinking about that, I'm thinking, well, if this pans out the same, once I've got it and once everyone else has got it, we'll suddenly realize, in fact, there are so many ways you can use it that, yeah. I hated the 3D emoji. What the hell was that? It was something the, out of the, the animated, 90s. The animated emoji type no, things. It yeah, it was terrible. It was kind of weird. Look, weird. There are elements of the sort of design of both iOS 8 and the Apple Watch that I just feel like obviously my design sense is a bit out of date because I'd not... Like the um, health kit, the charts, the really lurid col- colors, bright. I find. Oh, it, I like those. See, I find them incredibly hard to I haven't read, even been able to figure to out see. how to use health yet. I oh, I've sat work. down and I'm kind of like <laughs> you need apps to like hook into it. So yeah, but moment, you can use like the steps and stuff, yeah, the right? Steps. But it, I I'm still very confused by the whole thing. I I I prefer predominant plus plus. Yeah, that's what I used to mm. actually. Mm. I really like going back to the design thing. This new like dissolvey thing they're doing. They did it with the Apple logo at the end of the keynote, and the the drawings oh, yeah, dissolve upwards. Nice. They sort of turn into like, particles yeah. and. Yeah, that's that. That was very, very nice. cool. <laughs> Actually, that that's, nice. that's the part of the Apple Watch that I struck me the most. That um, what did they call it? Digital touch. Mm. That idea that you can actually just communicate with someone else by by Morse having, code. Yeah, Morse code. You you've kind of got a direct. It's like you can touch their wrist through space and time. Or no, just space and not then time. communicate by Morse code. And then yeah. communicate by Morse. Morse code. Is Morse code the next like version of text speak? So you know yes. how like it really know? it really could be. Yeah, yeah. Like all the, all these kids, the, these kids are going to be like are going to be tapping on their wrists in Morse code. I but again, it. it does make me feel a little bit like a little bit old. So <laughs> you are old. I like, um, you know Morse code or something. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so how you used to? Speak I enjoy to communicating. Is that, is that by, how you communicated uh, during the war? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now I'm getting a little bit offended. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, that's all right. Oh, I've lost my train of thought as well. I've lost my locomotive of thought. Does this help? Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> um, I quite like text messages. iMessage, I quite like. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Email, I like. Uh, I'm up with the Twitter. 
<laughs> and the Facebook. Um, but that's kind of the limit, right? I haven't really got onto Snapchat or um, no, no. I, or Yo or Yo Yo. I don't even understand. <laughs> I don't even understand Yo. I don't understand Yo. But Snapchat, I think actually there must be something there that there are so many people using apps like that, a way of communicating with your friends through pictures rather than mm. words. Mm. Um, well, it's, it's and like, Apple are kind of like tapping that, into that with this. This it's like that emojily social network thing yeah. with where everything is just emoji. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean obviously with gift wrapped there's this there there is a lot that can be said in a choice of a quick picture or a quick image mm. that says a lot more than one or two words um but is really quick to Well it carries tone in it like a lot more than text does, right? Yeah. Because you can kind of you can kind of convey the the expressions and the body language through somebody else's acting i guess or you know or, or picture and so i kind of think this is really interesting that they're they're bringing to potentially bringing to the mainstream a way of communicating that at the moment i haven't used yet of sort of saying conveying emotions to people without you necessarily using words um problem is i don't know who i'm going to be having these special very intimate conversations probably with, with ben mm-hmm you'll, you'll share weird. you'll share heartbeats with each other just like just like kevin was it yeah kevin, it was kevin. did Jeff? they have a someone in the keynote doing yeah this? so kevin i did see you could kevin share lynch. your heartbeat kevin lynch was the one that was presenting like yeah. demoing and the the do thing you guys and he know talked who to, he is yes he's the guy that said that uh that flash would kill the iphone because he was the lead of flash at adobe mm. and apple hired him a while back and mm. people were unsure what the guy that was the main proponent this. of Flash was going to do at Apple, and this, this is what he's done. What he's done huh. is created a watch that lets you track the solar system. Hmm. Hmm. Because hmm. I've always wanted to know when the planets are in line. And I actually really enjoyed his part of the keynote. Because I, I need thought. I need to be able to collect all the crystals and put them in the art. <laughs> I've got to keep a straight face through that. <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, I don't really know. I'm but sure there's somebody out there that really wants to know that information, but it's definitely not me. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. That's something to a see. Gemini would say. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know that. Okay. And the other part of the watch that interests me. I mean, there's so many bits to it. The um, payment part. So let's yeah, talk about let's talk cool. about the development kind of side of things. Given that this is a development podcast. Well, do we know much about it yet? There is going to be third party apps. There's watch a thing kit. called Watch Kit. Yep. Is there more to it than well, that? Yeah, let's have, let's like let's talk about what we think might be the case because okay. I, I I I kind of feel like and let's I mean don't take me at my word because I got all my predictions wrong. I kind of feel like WatchKit is kind it's like it's going to work like an extensions platform, and so what it might do is you you might ship an app. So let's gift wrapped. Let's use that as an example. So I'll ship my app and I'll have the watch app kind of embedded inside of it or available somehow, like it will be available somehow within the app. And then when you have the watch, you can somehow install that across or it does it automatically. I think that makes a lot of sense for because they've said that the iWatch requires iPhone. Yep. Oh, apps going from phone to watch is confirmed. Yeah. No, 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 absolutely. But and I also think, having yeah, I think it'll work like, like an extension. Yeah. Like is, my, is, is the because kind of thing. Otherwise, you're going to have to, if it's not, part of the IPA that you ship when you ship your iPhone app, then you've got to deal with version compatibility issues. Like what if the watch version is 
older than your latest iPhone version mm. and you update your iPhone version to be able to communicate with the watch version in some way that, you know. Whereas if you've got it as one bundle that includes your iOS app, iOS extension well, I, I plus a like, kind of watch extension. I think it's like the, it's like it's like it's like CarPlay, right? Where CarPlay kind of is an extension of whatever apps are running mm. those things. I think it's not opened sense. up to third parties yeah. yet, but yeah. uh, or at least not openly. But it makes sense that this watch, which is basically always connected to your phone via, I guess, Bluetooth LE. Yeah. Uh, uh, it would make sense that they're basically always in contact, and so you would just transfer the the app to like a, a bundle, mm. essentially to the watch, which would be an extension. Yep. Uh, and it kind of ties in with like why we why now we've got extensions, why now we're yep. able I think to do that, all I this think it sort makes of stuff. A lot of sense. Um, my prediction, which is definitely wrong because it was only a, kind of a joke, wouldn't it be interesting if watch apps required Swift? I don't. Think I did hear really some case. talk today. Maybe WatchKit is the first. Swift only library, but I, no the, way. I, that would be a room. I don't think necessarily that's true because no. they've got to be. A, they're going to have I'm been working this on this be for the last couple of years. Yeah. Like the watch kit would have been in some sort yeah, of development true. for the last couple of years. Yeah. Swift wouldn't have really been ready for ready for that. Yeah. Um, I think it was ATP where they were talking about how they they that it could possibly be that the Photos app for Mac might be the first thing that they write for write with Swift. Right. Oh. I, but I don't think watch kid. I don't. I definitely don't think so. Yeah. Okay. I was just going to be crazy there. I'm um, more interested in knowing what the watch can do without a phone. So there is some stuff apparently. Uh, I can't remember the tweet now off the top of my head, but I'll try and dig it out later and put it in the show notes. There was some journalists who, during the hands-on, asked that question, and it, they got it a could tell response. The time. No, no, they oh, got, that's good. <laughs> play, I think it was play music. Um, Through play music without a phone on yeah, the watch. I think so. How does it have storage? Does the watch have storage? So I'll just report what was in this tweet that so I we don't really have any text back. Um, so. And what was it? The, can it track steps? I think it can track steps. And long shot does it have its own GPS? No, no that's no. built in. Uh, doesn't doesn't have phone. They GPS. specifically said that you're using the internet connection and the. GPS. GPS. I really from just the wanted phone. to go for a run without it's my got, phone. It's got its own accelerometer. Um, That's okay. And yeah, it's got all the it's got all the little. Uh, it's got its own version of the M8 mm-hmm. chips um, and stuff. The, mate the chip, sensors. But it doesn't it's got have all GPS. the yeah. The mate. I I thought the same thing. The mate. <laughs> I was it's waiting like for somebody CPU's to slip best up. Mate. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's it's the uh, it's the A8's mate. The eights mate. I. Uh, I yeah I see what you did there <laughs> anyway and then the the, the, the phone the, the watch has the the S it's S something the processor yeah no yeah. the the chipset the which is like the one big on a chip yeah thing. yeah I think it's like the S something hmm. Hmm. and it's got force touch that seems sure. interesting Taptic. as well Taptic. <laughs> which is haptic right. Yeah. Which is basically, I, I was like, so it's what because it taps you? Is that like yeah, are you and going you for it? And, and it, it taps t- you. And it said watch, so very clever. It is tick 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 tick. Oh well, no, taptic because it's haptic. No, I know, but, but ticked yeah, like, okay. and also the yeah, haptic, tick, and it's kind tick, of like tick, 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 yeah. very very clever guys, very clever. Yeah. We 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 bow before your clearly superior pun skills. Mm. But I, I really do like that idea of of haptics being a a big part of the kind of. Yeah, well, output. I think more to what we talked about last episode 
where we were talking about things like your phone and your apps having context about the world around them, it's one of those things where good haptic not it gives you context gives you context about the world around about, you about what's going on with right. your yes. apps. Yeah. Um Yeah. And so like and so for instance, and I mean I'm not really I'm not really sold on this whole idea just yet, so but the GPS instructions where you can get instructions to go from like to walk somewhere, right? Yeah, you go and left then, or right. And it tell on... and it taps you in different ways to tell you whether or not you have to turn left really? or turn right. Yeah. I, like d- does it like does it keep tapping you until you like have turned to the correct like no, degrees I bet it or something? Doesn't. I didn't I mean I've used, not, have you used the walking directions just in the maps app on your phone? I think I have once. Um I've just had a headphone in listening to music. Yeah, phone in my pocket kind of doing walking directions. Something. It's pretty bad because it says turn right. Like, well, GPS is like current GPSs. You kind of need to be able to see what's going on on the phone in order to be able to kind of make decisions so about, that you're in the rec- in the yeah. right place to make that thing. Like yeah. when you're driving, you've got to be in the right lane. Yeah, and so you got to know what the next turn is. So, and it doesn't always tell you that. But the, I mean, the potential is there. That I oh mean, yeah. Yeah. But that's the, the the kind of the the reason that I bring that up is not because I thought it was silly or great. It's just that like that sort of feedback where mm. it's giving you feedback in different ways other than a visual yeah indication. And you could imagine actually something that I, these I really all like. coming together. Like you walk into an environment that might contain beacons. <sighs> Ding <laughs> causes an app on your phone to know that you're in that environment. Mm-hmm. Sends a message to your watch to indicate something to you. You get the haptic feedback about something. So you know, like there, there, well, all of these things are starting to be connected. Notifications do you anyway. think? Yeah. Do you think that uh, that the watch might be able to detect beacons and stuff by itself? Maybe if it's got Bluetooth. I mean, Maybe yeah, it'll have. I'm sure it's got Bluetooth LE. Like that makes yeah. sense that it's yeah. communicating with the phone via that. Yeah. So it may do. Um, what would it do in response to that? Well, is I interesting. I, I don't know. They'd, I mean, surely uh, depends on if they expose that as well. Yeah. Well, I mean that that's the case, mm. I guess. And I mean, it, it could just be that the like. I mean, I guess one of the things could be that it could be like ID. Like you know. Yeah, I, I certainly think they're going to make heavy use of the Bluetooth stack on the watch, like in the way that um your iOS 8 and Mac use Bluetooth for things like handoff. Yep. You know, um, they're using the strength of the Bluetooth signal between your devices to determine that you're now close enough, that your phone is in proximity to your computer. Yep. That gives you context to the fact that, okay, you're using an email on your phone, you're now close to your computer, maybe you want to look at that email on your computer. Well, they're doing that They're doing like the same the, thing with the phone and the watch. The right? phone and the watch as well. No, and they might like the bring phone and the them watch together and the computer and all of that sort of stuff. But I, I'm, I'm th- talking like... Maybe what they what they might do is the Bluetooth thing will actually be picked up by the computer, and not just like not just like a handoff type thing of okay, I was reading this email, but just kind of unlocking the computer. Yeah, I think based on okay, well, this is someone clearly- someone wearing your watch has walked in the room. Yeah. Someone wearing your watch and carrying your phone has walked into the room. It's yeah, probably you, or they've st- stolen everything from you, <laughs> or you've been completely <laughs> mugged and just everything um, taken from you. Yeah, everything, just everything, and you're left naked and crying on the side of the street. Yeah, in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think it's really interesting. I can't wait till we get hold of them and to see what we can do with them. Um, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be interesting. That I can see it going one of two ways, and I've got no. So I had the same thought about the iPad when it first came out. I'm like, I'm not sure what I'm going to use this for. It looks awesome. I want one, but I can't imagine it becoming really popular. I think it's going to be niche. That's what mm. I said about the iPad, and I was clearly wrong. I kind of feel potentially the same about the watch. Like it could be that there's a bit of popular interest in it, but it dies down because no one having bought it really knows what to do with it. I've got this new fancy thing. I don't really know what to do with it. I can't mm. be bothered charging it every day. It ends up just in a drawer. After That's what a happened few to months. my Pebble. Right. It's clearly not on your wrist at the moment. No Pebble. So, so what my happened- Pebble is also not on my wrist at the moment. And it's the and it was the charging thing. I'd always forget to charge it and then it would be dead. Mm. See, I, I found that like, and the Pebble I didn't lasts need to like charge a week. It. Yeah, the Pebble lasts heaps of time. I stopped using it because I got so annoyed with wearing, like, skinny sleeves. How hard was it like, to charge the sleeves. Oh, not hard. It just, it's, a, it's a similar thing. You it's just like basically got magnet. a little magnet. magnet uh, it wasn't connector. induction, which is pretty it wasn't, cool. Yeah, it was, it was right. like a little actual Straight charging port. It's basically mag, MagSafe. Yeah. Like even more MagSafe than, than the MagSafe that's on the watch, on the right. Apple Watch, um, where it's induction and charging. I mean, but and magnets. did you have yours, both of you, plugged in somewhere like near your bedside table? Yeah, I had it plugged in desk. at my desk, yeah. And so if you sat it down at your computer, you'd take your watch off, charge it for a bit. See, I never would because it was a watch. Yeah. That's the problem. And then I'd forget. Oh, you wouldn't take it off because... It's a watch. Right. <laughs> it's interesting. The, I stopped wearing a watch. I didn't have a pebble. I just had an old-fashioned yeah. watch. See, I'm feeling old. Really no, old-fashioned. <laughs> one that you wind. I had an old-fashioned watch. One of those watches that you wind. Yeah. I had one of them. I've got one of them. I stopped wearing it because... um. I found it so awkward on my wrist that I, whenever I sat down, I'd take it off because I didn't like the feeling of yeah, it on my wrist. Yeah, you can't type really with metal mm. bands, I find. Um, so in that case, it would be ideal because I'd charge it. Yep. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the other way I could see it is is becoming huge because if this provides what um, the iPhone did to all phones that came before was that it did so much more than what people thought a phone could do. Mm, absolutely, yeah. And this could be the same. That This could be the first thing that people put on their wrist. Like people could get it thinking this is a, a nifty watch and end up valuing it for all the things that it does it that might, watches don't do. I think it might go a different direction. I think that people who use like Fitbits. I've yeah. started wearing that again. And uh, and the, the, that sort of thing where they're using using it for fitness tracking. But. Like that might be something that they go, okay, well, I'll try this. This I'll get this watch, and it then it does it does so much more than that. Because honestly, I, I think more people are using these things these days than than people are using watches. Honestly, no, 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 completely wrong. More completely pe- wrong. more people use watches than Fitbits. More people are using Fitbits than smartwatches. <laughs> okay, <Yep. laughs> so but that's like Apple aren't trying to pitch this watch at as a replacement for a Pebble or even as a replacement for a Fitbit. What they're trying to do is, is this is a replacement for a watch. Sure, but I think I, I honestly think that people will, will go from like Fitbits and stuff to oh, using this. Oh, definitely. But I think that if that's all that happens, 
Oh, that, it won't be all that, that this might be seen as a failure. I'm like, I think the expectations that. are so high. I really want the the entire smartwatch industry to take off so we get as much variety in yeah. watches as we do now. Because mm. watches are like a fashion accessory. And I don't want to wear the same watch as everyone else in the room. Well, so I think that's something that Apple have done incredibly well. I yeah, was so impressed by that. They still look the same, though. Like, the band changes, but the actual watch itself. Like, obviously, right? It's the same form factor. It's the same form but factor, But I'm yeah. amazed if you look through, like, those videos and the website where they've kind of got, like, a catalogue of the yeah. watches yeah. that are available. The combination of band and the, the um, colour colour of the case, they called it, and the um, personalised screen... The variety, the sense of variety that they're able to convey from something that really is the same, I was pretty impressed by. It. Like they've, they've obviously put a lot of thought into this as a as a piece of fashion. Mm. Something that I find weird is that they're selling an eighteen karat gold version. Like who would spend lots? Like if you're buying a timepiece that you want to hand down to the next generation. Oh, no, I can people, understand why you people, go for gold. People will want, like, I, I can tell you now, people will want a like a fancy watch. People people but like them, have, not, like right, having a really agree. nice watch. Having a nice watch, people do like, but people like to replace and upgrade their technology yep. often. And if you've spent, like, a, a premium on a luxury watch, you, are you really going to go and buy another one in the next 12 months? And yet they've had phones. There have been phones back in the day before iPhone when we had dumb phones. Uh, you know, there was there was the um, there was whole brands based on this whole idea. Luxury. I think, that, I think it was called like the Virtu or something. Does, that exists still? They do. do, do does it oh, exist? you can do it's, custom it's basically, as well. It was basically yeah. like, no, but this was a whole, like this was a range of phones. Yeah. Right. This yeah. is how you bought the phone. It was essentially a Nokia, basically from top to bottom. But it was essentially a Nokia that was like made out of gold, had hmm. diamond, was diamond encrusted. Yeah, they've still got them. I know you can do. IPhones I know you well. can do that with for iPhones. But this is how you bought the phone. Like it yeah. came in a box, and this was like you pulled it out of the box, and that's how it was. You didn't get it custom made. It was a, it was a yeah. special thing. Yeah. Um. That was like I, I can completely see people wanting to like spend. Like premium dollars because yeah. it's it's interesting because um that's what happens when you have a disposable income you you flitter away but I your don't money. Think, yeah, I don't think smartwatches are like cool fashion things. I think they're still too nerdy. I it's, I think this is gonna this is this might be the start. But this yeah, might be the thing that does like, like. And it's interesting to actually see um the design kind of ideas that that started in say the iMac. So. You remember when the first iMac came out and it was Bondi Blue mm. or Bondi Blue? No, it's Bondi. It's Bondi. I, it's Bondi. I know it's Bondi. I know it's Bondi. No, you know it's Bondi. Ben, if- ben, rule on this. You're the pronunciation expert. <laughs> Bondi. <No. laughs> I was just, I was gently yes. teasing our North American listeners who would know it as Bondi. It's not. It's Bondi. Um, it was Bondi Blue. And then soon afterwards, there were all those different colours. Mm. And it was like you could pick a computer that reflected your personality. Um, I think it was Johnny Ive. It was his, like, look 
take on computers needn't just be a utility they can be an expression of your style and, and a we reflection went, of yourself and, and now we you can see to, see him so doing we, it with we went watches back to aluminium and yes, black and black uh, computers that are all look the same uh, but now with these watches that have come out you can kind of see that same thing like you can pick your color band you can pick your color case you can so customize which one the, did you like um I think I'm going to go for one of those sport Are you sport going to go ones. Yeah. You sure you're not going to go for one of the yellow gold edition watches? I'm sitting here wearing um, sneakers with bright orange laces and things. I want an orange band to match yeah, my nice. orange laces. Mm. I'm thinking a green band. Yeah, nice. And like maybe like a dark color watch, so yeah. it's like the gray or the something. Is it the space gray? I think the colors were different names. I think the sport ones also have a different material. It's an anodized yeah. aluminium. Yeah, it's an it? aluminium. Yeah. Whereas, Whereas the other the, ones have... So the high-end ones are gold, so you can either get rose gold or yellow gold. And sapphire. I think well, the sport the, ones the, are glass, the, not sapphire. Are they? Yeah. Oh, really? I think so. You check the website. I was a bit disappointed as well when I saw that. I was looking at it going, oh, I'm going to have to get two watches. One for when <laughs> I'm out for a run. And well, no, because you can replace you, the band. Can't you just get two bands? You just get another band. Well, it'd be gold. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I'm sure people will sell cases. Yeah, true. You can get I a, mean, gold, cu- a gold case. Custom bands are like you. the new case. That's oh, going yeah, to be the, that's gonna be the thing. Yep. I like the, what um, am I looking at? The color, the, the sport watch? Sport the one, I thought. I think the... it was glass rather than uh, sapphire. Yes, you were correct. You were correct. The sport collection cases... Cases. Just isn't it interesting that if any of them need a stronger screen, it's the sport one. Yeah. Well. Yeah, but it also it probably it's probably fairly expensive too to make a and maybe glass is lighter than sapphire. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Um, The sport collection cases are made from lightweight anodized aluminium in silver and space grey. The display is protected by strengthened ion X glass. Is this like this new glass that we're using the iPhones now too? I don't know. And the matching fluoroelastomer bands come in five different colors. But I, look, I am actually really surprised by the a- fact that there is such thought that's gone into this coming up with different collections and how to position it mm. as, as fashion so far ahead of its availability. Like, it's not available until next year. We don't know anything about battery life. We don't know much we don't, about we the We don't tech. know anything about the tech inside. But we know a lot about the bands and the colours and the materials. So it's it really is this This is the first product where Apple are saying we're a fashion company I wonder, as well as a technology I wonder if company. we'll ever really get proper tech specs for this. Do you think oh, we will? It, do we ever? Do we even know how much RAM is in our phone? Yeah. Officially? Like yeah, what? we do. Yeah, it's there. Yeah, oh, okay. it's written up. in the text specs. Okay. So we don't can, know the clock look speed all that of the processors stuff. there. No, you do. No, no, you know everything. But the point is it's not comparable, so it's kind of a meaningless. Yeah, no, it's it's basically Are you guys sure. Can someone just I'm check going the to, text well, specs of Given that phone. I'm the only one at the computer here, <laughs> I'm I'm looking it up, but I'm slow, right? Because I thought we only ever knew that from I what oh, like it? the teardown people. The teardowns, yeah. Maybe, yeah. In the chips section, it just has A8 chip with 64-bit architecture and Mate motion co-processor. And it, there may have been more details about clock speed in the keynote. Um, I don't remember because, because I was, was like jumping between time. Yep. I, I, but it tend, Apple yeah. tends to market on the features rather than the specs, and I think the watch is going to be even more skewed in that. Yeah, yeah they, well, I we're think less likely to hear Which is good. I don't want to know. Yeah. I don't need to know how much RAM my I don't watch think we, got. I think we've gotten to a point where we shouldn't need to know any of this stuff mm. in order to, like, I mean, as developers, like, are I, we, I do we con- really I have a slight to confession to make, 
and maybe this is just outing myself as a really, really lax developer. I quite, I think you've done that before yeah. anyway. <laughs> um, you know the, the, the stubs you get in all your view controls that say that you should handle Did your Did receive load? memory warning? Yeah. Often mine don't end up getting implemented. That's terrible. Is it? Yes, I at least because I'm just taking it for granted that these days things. now apps the op- OS is doing such a good job of managing memory that either the app will be no. I I always like throw in if I'm if I'm throwing me- memory into something in that particular view controller that's kind of managed by that view controller. Um, one example might be if you're doing like a grid view and you have a whole bunch of thumbnails and you've right. got an image cache, sure, and you get a memory warning, you should like cache. flush your yeah, image yeah, yeah, cache, yeah. right? I- so, but what else do you do? So, no, I was going to add to that. All I ever do is if I have a cache, I clear it. I yeah. basically, if if something is generated kind of on the fly, yeah, I will, I will just, I'll just set it to nil in that in that method. Yeah. Okay. So I used to, um, like things like uh, you know, if I was doing views that were kind of off the screen and I'd created them ahead of time so that when they were dragged in, they would appear. But these days, I'm tend to use collection views, which kind of handle that for me. Yep. Or, and I find that. When I'm running apps myself on all my devices, I'm hardly ever seeing that method called. That yeah, I will do the big things like if there's a massive, massive use of memory in one particular view controller, I'll clear it out. But the vast majority of the time, I'm just kind of relying on the OS. Maybe I feel bad. Maybe I'm just getting lazy because the memory is getting. Yeah, so well, actually, better. this is something interesting because I, I said the image cache right. I've just implemented a proper image like a. A third-party image cache in GIF wrapped. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because um, anybody who's used GIF wrapped kind of knows that if you're scrolling up and down through the library, it's it, it's it's a bit sluggish. I mean, it, it, so how the, so? the scrolling the scrolling is like is smooth and fast. Yeah. But what ends up happening is you get this waterfall effect of as the as the images kind of catch up, the thumbnails catch up because as they're getting loaded from from disk. So it'll scroll it'll scroll really smoothly. It's not um the smooth. You don't get a stutter really with each new row of the collection. I, I like view. how I like how he's basically. Uh, basically saying here on the episode that he's he doesn't use gif wrapped. <laughs> he's asking all I don't these use questions. I think I've I had it in the beta. You you I were in the beta, and then you and then you quit the beta. Do you see me sharing gifs much? <sighs> I thought that maybe with your app I'd get into it. I'm sorry to say that I. Going back to our earlier conversation, I'm, I'm sticking with Morse code. I'm sticking with Morse code <laughs> for my communication. You find that you find that better, yeah. do? You? I'll just share a quick little joke with you now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know Morse code because no, I don't. I was I didn't relying grow up on in that. The 1950s. <laughs> uh, so it does smooth. It so, scrolls so smoothly, but the cells version, come on kind of without images of in them. Yeah, they come on with images in, uh, without images, and they kind of load as. So you end up with this waterfall effect as as you're scrolling, it'll kind of like you'll get this kind of effect of the edge of the images as yeah, they kind of come down. And so they load because they load from disk, and they're loading asynchronously. You see and them then jump in. when the cells reused, that image is gone. Next time you scroll back, it but there loads is a, the there is an image cache in being used, but I don't and I don't know why it's not being used properly. Maybe I maybe I I stuffed it up and didn't implement it correctly. But either way, it was it, there was just I was just basically using one of the built-in kind of caching classes, right? Um, so part of what I was doing, what I've decided to do with my next update is. Make it fast. Make it make it nice. Make it really smooth. Make it so that it looks and works basically the same as the as all the other apps that do the same thing. Do like you know loading images, uh, yeah. thumbnail images into a grid view, like for instance photos, which is you know you scroll and it just like it's it's as if it doesn't even do that. 
I'm going to go scroll yeah, my photos good. now. Um, and so I tried out one that everybody kind of talks about, which is SD image, uh, SD web image. Yeah. Yeah. No good. I, the problem with the SD, web, the SD problem with SD web image that I found was that it it's kind of like it's trying to do too many things. It's loading images from the web. It's loading like using a cache thing, and it's just like it's yeah. just kind of too like too much of a one size fits ev- everything, and so it ends up just being like a specific use case. Okay, I have I have images that I want to load from the web. Just you know, I'll throw this image view in, and it'll do all the work for me. Mm. Um. It did have an, it did have like like and it does like animated images and everything so but, but oh, so yeah. you you would think that it would work for me but it doesn't um, I couldn't get it to to what load to do it fast enough it just wouldn't work I tried out a new one that I found that somebody mentioned that I somebody uh, put me onto and I've forgotten who that was I would I would have I would have thanked them um, it's called. I'm going to pronounce it wrong. Haneke. H-A-N-E-K-E. Haneke. Haneke. Hane. Haneke. What was the last one? H-A-N-E-K-E. Haneke. Haneke. Yeah, they split them into twos. I did Japanese in like year 10. Okay. <laughs> okay, so Haneke. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, okay. Um. Anyway, that, that caching library, I put it in because it basically, it kind of sits in a, in a zone between SD web image as far as like the API is really relatively simple and uh, paths, paths, yeah, fast image like cache, which line. is like, yeah, this is amazing. Cause it does everything. Like it does all these things. Like it actually only puts all the images into a single like sprite sheet type thing. And so you're only ever loading one image. Oh wow. Really? Which is, does it abstract that up. from you or do you have to do, well, I I kind of tried, like I I looked at it and kind of went, oh, I I don't know. It looks that like I, too much work. I don't know that I'm I'm capable of implementing this without you know spending a month on it, and I don't have that time, yeah, okay. kind of time. Um, Han 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 Han, 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 Han I'm going to throw the Han-Nake. the link in the uh, show notes, and you yeah, can do. decide how it uh, you can decide how it is pronounced for yourselves. Because it turns out I need one of these. Um, it's great. It is really simple. He's at, there, it's, at, it's at 0.1, so it's kind of like beta release, but he's actually put a 1.0 uh, out for kind of pre-testing before he kind of releases it. Uh, it's really, really good. It's very fast. You can kind of just use the image cache. It does have like uh, categories to like put on an, uh, an image view. Um you can basically tell, like, you can basically set an image onto an image view with a key, and it will resize that image as a thumbnail at, for the right size and apply it to the image based on parameters that you can set if you want. But there's default ones based on the size of the image view, um, the properties of the image view, and it caches it to disk as needed, to memory as needed, loads it from memory or disk, and kind of completely abstracts all that from you so you don't even have to think about it or worry about it uh and it's works so good works so good my i'm gonna check it gift wrapped the new gift wrapped the update that i'm currently working on that will hopefully be out in some time for ios 8 i don't know maybe i don't know um good luck yeah um i've got more that i want to do before i release it so um but it works and it's smooth. It works exactly like like photos. You don't see any sort of uh, loading unless it's being loaded from like a remote source. Cool. I'll check it out. And what was the what was the other one that you decided not to use? 
uh, SD, SD web image. No, was no, the other the, one. Yeah, paths. Uh, paths. Path. I keep saying paths because I keep thinking paths, but it's not as path. Path. As in the app, you know, path. Yep. The social uh, networking app have, that tried to steal all your contacts when yeah, they first launched. So they have now a, apparently been bought out by Apple. They have a yeah. They have an image <laughs> cache called uh, Fast Image Cache. Right. It's very very aptly named. It is very fast. And it's, and it's an image cache. It's, and it's very an image good. Cache. It is very good. Like I it's said, ridiculous. basically what it does is it creates sprite sheets. I'm going to look at those two to see. Sprite um, sheets are awesome, by the way. Sprite sheets are awesome. If you had ever made a game, you would have had to make sprite sheets. Well, I've made websites and you also use sprite sheets but there. But do you, do you know the reason why a sprite sheet is faster? Because Except for the overhead of loading. The, forget the like overhead part. Oh, is it to do with the size of... Binary data. I think it's because like the images by themselves would actually be more like larger than the images combined. Maybe because of compression, but that's not it. Okay, well, tell tell us tell Um, us what it is, so we don't sound like idiots. No, I can keep guessing. The GPU, and this apparently has been fixed with like the really latest one, so it's not as much a problem anymore. But back in like most of them, yeah, um, the GPU could only store an image that had a in power of two dimensions. So when you loaded an image that wasn't a power of two, it would just pad the edge with zeros or ones. It doesn't matter. I think that's kind of still the case, isn't it? And so by putting them all in the same power of two texture, you're not adding huge amounts of pixels to every one of your images. Oh. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And also, yeah, you don't have to reload them every time, and then you just grab a frame or a part of the texture. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that's why they work. So that's how that's how paths. They also do things in assembly, I think, by memory. Yeah, that the path image case is is amazing and it shouldn't, is very fast. Shouldn't path be called sidewalk anyway? <laughs> I don't. It's not uh, American. Uh, it's not American. Isn't that an Americanism? The side sidewalk is and American. Isn't, isn't path American? Yeah, that's what he's saying. Oh, what do we call them here? Paths. Footpath. Yeah, not a sidewalk. Well, anyway. We call it footpath. So shouldn't it be called footpath? It should be, or sidewalk. Anyway, are they American or are they Australian? I don't know. I got no. I thought that I assumed they were American. I could be wrong. Anyway, so that's that's my my uh, image cache. Cool. I'm going to check it out. Um, you don't happen to know of a library that'll do image caching and will recognize faces in images <laughs> and give you a square crop that just contains the face. Well, you could cache the image no. and then use Core Image. Core Image has face detection. Okay, Core Image face detection also has smile detection as of. I was seven, maybe. Hmm. Sounds like I'm going to have to do the face detection There's myself. There's a um, or... sample code for it, an Apple WWDC project awesome. or something. There you it go. Works. You, can just, you can just steal it that. It puts um, glasses on your face by memory. That probably won't work for this app. Okay. You glasses don't want glasses? Bit. Well, it just gives you the frame of the head. That's yeah, what you want, right? That's what I want. The frame yeah, of the head. Yeah, they, that, they use that to put glasses. Nice. Hmm. So if you would like to read any of the show notes or the things that they actually link to, you can go to our website. That's at mobilecouch.co forward slash 40 because life begins at 40. Mm. So so I'm told. Mm. Um, If you would like to get in touch with us, you can do that as well. You can send us an email at hello, 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 hello. Hello. You know, the standard H-E-L-L-O at mobilecouch.co. Or you can jump onto our website, that's mobilecouch.co forward slash contact, and there's a form that you can fill out and 
that will send it and they both go to through to all of us anyway. Uh, now, if you would like to get in touch with us individually, you can do that as well. Jake is J McMullen. That's J M A C M U W L I N. And Ben is Ben Trangrove. That's B E N T R E N G R O V E. And I am Jelly Bean Soup. I don't really need to spell that. You'd, well, because it could be B E J E L Y B E A N S O U P E. No, S O U P. Nice. I'm s- That's why you don't spell it. <laughs> why I don't spell it? Because I get. You don't Confused. tweet yourself off. You don't tweet yourself often. No, I know how to spell jelly bean soup. <laughs> so it's a soup made out of confe- it's basically, confectionery, mm, not yes. a soup that yes. a jelly that was once a soup. That is correct. Glad we've clarified that. Glad we have clarified that. Because 40, 40 episodes in, our listeners may have been wondering. They may have been wondering how to spell jelly bean soup, and I've just told them how not <laughs> to spell it. It's good. good. So that's how you don't spell it. Uh, anyway, that's it's been fun. 40, 40 episodes, wow. Uh, anyway, we will see you in a couple of weeks' time. We look forward to then. Bye. Bye. Bye.